We all know that Christmas is a whole lot more than a few bad jokes and excessive food intake. It's a moment for us to stop and reflect, remember, and express our gratitude for the greatest gift of all, God's Son, Jesus Christ. And today, I'm going to ask Judah Prosser, who's going to come on up, and she's going to read for us the story straight from the Scriptures. Would you welcome Judah? This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thank you, Judah. All this took place, Matthew writes in verse 22, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. That prophet was Isaiah. And he was prophesying seven centuries, 700 years before the actual birth of Jesus. This is what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 7 verse 14. He said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That prophecy came at the darkest of times for the people of Judah. History records there was problems and trouble on every side. Society was reeling from all of the challenges that existed in the day. And yet through the darkness came the ray of hope. You know, social commentators and politicians alike have been talking about 2023. They've been saying it's a dark year. There's conflict globally in places like the Middle East and Ukraine. There's challenges and trouble in many places in society. There's been concerns about crime in our, in our communities. And financially, people have been really, really struggling. It has been, for some people, quite a dark and challenging season. And yet today we stop and remember the ray of hope. Because unto us, a child has been born. And Isaiah writes further, just two chapters later, in chapter 9 and verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born. We were singing this this morning. To us a son is given, and the, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. For unto us... A child is born. That's the reason for the celebration today. A child has been born. And that event, that birth, that moment on which all of history swings was unheralded, unknown and unattended except by angels and animals. 
It's mind-blowing. When the shepherds arrived, they found him in a stable. There he lay, the son of God, in an animal's food trough. We sing it and sometimes we don't fully process it. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. I sometimes sing that and it's almost overwhelming to think that the Son of God had nowhere to lay his head the day he was born. It's, it's something challenging to even process. I struggle to take it in. Emmanuel, there he lay. God with us. C.S. Lewis, that magnificent writer in his classic Mere Christianity, wrote this. The second person in the Trinity, God the Son, became human himself and was born into the world as an actual man. A real man. Process this with me. A real man of a particular height with hair of a particular color, speaking a particular language, weighing so many pounds. The eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that, a baby, and before that, a fetus in his mother's womb. Completely divine and yet fully human. The Son of God. We sometimes struggle to even comprehend the reality of what we call the incarnation. God became a man. For a moment, reflect with me that the Son of God had to be weaned, had to learn to walk and talk. And before that booming voice spoke to raging seas, that voice had to crack. Jesus went through puberty. He was tempted, the writer of Hebrews says, and yet without sin. Can I tell you something? This one that we worship today, this one that we celebrate, is a very relatable God. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a very ordinary town. He was not born in Jerusalem, the center of religious activity. He was not born in Rome, the epicenter of political power. No. He was born in a very, very ordinary back blocks town. He was not in any way celebrated. In fact, his arrival was intentionally unspectacular. The king of kings was not found on a throne, but in a manger. He was God, yet human. He was God, with us. Emmanuel, God with us. See, Jesus did not come to impress. He didn't come to dominate, but he came to be with us. And the implications of that, my friend, are utterly profound. He came to be with us. You know, friends, Jesus Christ is never out of reach. Take, for example, his first visitors. A group of shepherds, they were seen as uneducated, unclean, and uncouth. The shepherds in those days were not welcomed in the temple courts, but they were invited to meet God face to face. And throughout Jesus' ministry, untold numbers of people discovered him as the approachable God, God with us. 
untouchable lepers, despised tax collectors, failed human beings from every walk of life, yet God came to be with them. Even his 12 disciples, the Bible says, Jesus chose 12 for no other reason but to be with them. To be with them. That is Emmanuel. And now to a lost and lonely and sometimes dark world comes this message of hope. This ray of hope. Emmanuel. God with us. He's with us. I don't know if you're going through a dark and challenging time, but let me tell you something. Even when people abandon you, he won't. He's the reachable God. He's the ever-present God. Even on a day like today when loneliness seems to be amplified, he is there. He is there with us. I believe that loneliness is possibly one of the greatest social ills of our modern era. You know, with social media, we've somehow been deluded into assuming that we have quality relationships. I've met more and more people that have hundreds of friends on Facebook and yet nobody to talk to. And to them comes Emmanuel. One of our people was recently walking through one of the more affluent suburbs in our region and they encountered a lady who seemed to need something. And so they went and approached her and said, are you okay? She said, no, not really. She said, I've been walking up and down this busy street of cafes with one desire. And they said, what is that? She said, I just want somebody to enjoy a cup of tea with me. And they sat down and said, what is your biggest challenge in life? She said, I'm just so desperately lonely. It was Mother Teresa who made this powerful statement. She said, the problem with the world today is that most of us have just drawn our family circle way too small. In a world that seems to be filled with crowds, people are still ever so lonely. That's why I'm really thrilled and I'm proud of our team here in this site, as has been expressed in other sites over the last few days, where people have been invited just to come and meet and enjoy a meal. Today, there's going to be a large group of people that come into this site here, in this location, and sit with our pastors and sit with our leaders and, and just experience what it means to see people as ambassadors for the ever-present God. Just meet with them, find their name, encourage them, and remind them that they are not alone. And I guess the great challenge today, the challenge of this Christmas, the challenge of every Christmas, is to not just let sentiment fog the reality that, yes, Jesus was born, he was born in a stable, he was found in a manger, but he's not in the manger anymore. He grew to be a man, as we saw recently there with the the beautiful little children's story. He grew to be a man. He did so many wonderful things. John wrote in his his gospel, he said, if every great thing that Jesus did was written down, the, the books of the known world could not contain them. That is amazing. And for that, what did the human race do? They took him and nailed him to a cross. He died for our sins, but he's not on the cross anymore. They took him down from the cross. They put him in a tomb, but he wasn't found three days later. They said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not there, for he is risen. 
He's ascended to be with the Father. And then as on, on that day that he was going back to heaven, he said, you know something, I'm not going to leave you alone. The ever-present God today is still Emmanuel. He's still with us through the person and power of the Holy Spirit, bringing comfort when we feel alone. You know, one of the most moving projects that I've been part of this year is Lynn and I got the joy of being part of a small team that went into the children's hospital, the Queensland Children's Hospital. And we took gifts to the families and to the children that will be there in hospital over this Christmas holiday period. Some of them, to be honest, their story and their experience was so confronting. Looking into the faces of parents whose children are so desperately ill. Little babies plugged into wires and, and, and tubes in, in all kinds of ways. And just to go there and just for a moment, just go and, and somehow bring a little ray of hope. Just say, oh, we're from a church that cares. We're from Hope Centre. Trust this somehow makes your, your Christmas a little brighter. You look into the face of these people, this Christmas is a real challenge. And my prayer for them as well as for us is they discover the ever-present God. He's there when we feel alone. He brings peace when we're in strife and he brings love that is unconditional. See, when God looked upon the state of the human race, he knew that we needed more than knowledge. If we just needed knowledge, and this, this generation is consumed with a passion for knowledge, but we needed more than knowledge. If, if all we needed was knowledge, he would have simply sent a teacher. If all that we needed was money and, and economic reform, he would have sent a philanthropist. But he knew that the human race, and he knew that our human capacities were limited, and so the only thing he could do was not send another human, but to send the divine to come and minister, to come and help, to come and serve. And on this day, we sing carols, we exchange gifts as a reflection of the greatest gift that was ever given to us. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had a magnificent carols program led by some of the people here with me on stage today. Gone to various sites and we've presented the message of Jesus. And perhaps you're not somebody that would, would call yourself a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, but you found this year the carols presentation ever so moving. Maybe you've been in some spiritual conversations with family and friends. Just some of the things that have been going on in your world has caused you to think a little deeper than just the obvious. Or maybe... You've been going through a dark time and yet even in your dark time there just seems to be this spark of hope. Can I tell you what that spark is? The spark is the Son of God, Emmanuel, who's coming to you today. Like in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, he came to a church and he said, I'm knocking on your door. Would you open your door and let me in? He not only comes to large groups, he comes to individuals. He says, you know what? I'm the ever-present God. I'm not out of reach. I want to come to you. I want to minister to you. I want to let you know not only that I'm here, but I'm able. Able to set you free of shame and regret. Not only able to come and set you free in every way. 
I'm able to cause you to know every day of your life that you're not alone. And today, I'm going to pray for you. On this very special, special, special morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but perhaps, like in the nation of Judah, you've been going through a, a difficult season, and yet the message of Jesus brings you hope. Perhaps today you simply want to say, God, I want to start a journey with you in it. Come and bring forgiveness. Come and bring life, joy, peace and hope. Can I tell you, he's never out of reach. He's never deaf. He's always interested and he definitely cares. And perhaps today in this moment, you simply want to place your hand on your heart and say, God, I want you to come in. I don't know. I don't know everything about you. There's so much about the Bible and all the big words that I I find a little confusing. But what I do know is I need you in my life. I need you to come and shine light into what has been a dark and challenging season. Come and bring hope. So I pray for you, my friend. I pray that you would know the ever-present God. I pray for you that your eyes would be open to understand the wonder the magnificence, the width, the depth, the height of God's extravagant love towards you expressed through his son Jesus. And I pray that you would accept the gift that is on offer of life that is full, life that is rich, and life that guarantees his presence every day of your life. And I pray that in Jesus' name.